Hello and welcome to Tell Me What You Did. My name is Philip Shackelford and I'm the Library Director at South Arkansas Community College. This series is all about exploring a variety of different careers and learning about the pathways students and others can take to pursue similar opportunities. I'm glad you're here and I hope you enjoy. Let's get started. All right, well, welcome back to Tell Me What You Do. Glad you're here. Uh, my name is Philip Shockford. I'm the library director here at the South Ark Library, newly rededicated as the Mahoney Family Library. Um, and I'm very excited for the episode today. I have Katie Hayes with me. She is a character effects artist with DreamWorks. Uh, so thank you for being here and taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's just jump right in if that's all right with you. Sure. All right, tell us what you do. Um, so I work remotely, um, which is why I'm able to live here in uh, El Dorado after COVID. Obviously, that was kind of the mainstream thing to do, thing happening. Um, but yeah, I work for DreamWorks Animation. Um, so I work for the feature side. DreamWorks has two kind of sectors. They have a TV entity and then they have a feature entity and I'm with the feature one. Um, so I work on the movies that you would go see in the theater um, and animation 3D animation specifically is like super, super focused, like more than you would really think. Um, um, I have a lot of people ask me like, oh, so you, you know, you did, you made this whole character or something like that. And like even making a character is split up into a lot of very specific jobs. Um, so my very specific job is called character effects. And that means um, making the hair and cloth move on the character so I didn't make the hair, I didn't make the cloth, but I make it move. Um, and in other character effects can also kind of be what they call a black box like department. So it can mean different things at different studios. Um, at DreamWorks, it means hair and cloth, but it can also get into plant motion or anything that a character might interact with that wasn't animated by animators. Um, and again, things like that can change per movie it kind of all depends on like it's it's beings higher than me that are making those decisions you know what I mean I do what someone tells me to do so that's fine with me but yeah gotcha gotcha so if you're in a, in, in one of these professional meetings or, or different settings um, is there a specific elevator pitch that you use to talk about what you do tell us about that yeah, so um, the way that my day-to-day -day works is that I'm given tasks um, and a task for us, um, it can kind of be one of two things. So you can be um, in the development side of stuff, which means you can be creating uh, what's called like a character setup. So whenever you have, say, I'm a character in a movie, Katie Hayes, um, I Katie Hayes needs a cloth and hair setup so that whenever Philip gets a shot with the character Katie Hayes in it, um, it already has all the settings and stuff ready for you. And then you as a shot artist will run the shot. So you don't have to go in and reinvent the wheel every single time. Um, now that doesn't mean that you're pushing play and it works perfectly every time. I mean, you might get like a one in a hundred shots, you know, where it like runs perfectly and you just go, wow, okay, I didn't have to do anything. But a lot of times, especially with more stylized animation, they're going to want some specific notes, um, especially like even ranging from like how to train your dragon style, which is kind of more realist, like realistic realism versus like trolls, which is definitely more stylized. It's a lot of like 
what we call drawovers, where someone will literally draw on top of your shot and say, hey, I know that you have the hair moving like this, but I actually want it to move exactly like this. And they'll literally draw on top and basically 2D animate on top of your work. And then you need to match that. Um, so you can get really specific like that, or you can have really confusing notes where they say, can you just like give this a little bit more oomph or something? And you're like, okay, uh, yeah, I can definitely try to do that. Um, and of course, there's also a chain of command. So I show to my direct supervisor in my department. He may give me his own notes. Um, and then from there, once it's approved through him, then we show it in like a bigger meeting with uh, a group of people that kind of oversee, you know, different departments. And then from there, even more specialized shots may go to the director himself or herself. So there's kind of a lot of different, <laughs> it can go a lot of different directions. But Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Well, so I want to take a step back and kind of ask you to yeah. walk us through how you got started in this career and, and walk us through the journey a little bit. Yeah. So I um, graduated here from EHS, um, was always interested in art, um, very artsy group, as you can see behind me. But um, <laughs> uh, I also was kind of interested in science. So I knew I had those two interests, but I always saw science as a more like typical career path, I guess. So I actually started as a pre-med major um, at Texas A&M, which is where I went to undergrad. And I found out pretty quickly that being a biology pre-med major was not really for me. Um, I was still interested in it, but I was not necessarily catching on and being able to retain it at a level that my peers were in that group, um, which is fine. That just kind of means maybe that's not my career path, but it can still be an interest. Um, and so luckily, whenever I went to kind of look on the A&M website, I'm like, okay, well, what should I switch majors to? I don't know. Like, you know, this was kind of my, my idea and it was not working out and I didn't really know what to do. And A&M is more of a, like, I think that the A&M literally stands for like agriculture and mechanics or something like that. It's not a very artsy school as you would think. Um, so uh, I got lucky though, because their only art major was called visualization. And it's a very confusing sounding major, but it's basically like, it can be anything from fine art to graphic design to 3D animation to kind of game design. And they have all these routes and it's very kind of like fluid and you kind of pick and choose your own stuff within the major to try to gear yourself to where you want to go. And I was like, okay, well, that sounds cool. Like, you know, I like animation sounds cool, but I had no idea what that really meant or what that entailed. But I knew that it did entail artsy stuff and technology slash sciencey stuff. So um, I spent a little bit, you know, majorless getting my stuff together and applying with an actual like portfolio and stuff like that. And then um, I got in and uh, ended up having to do a fifth year of school because, you know, you change late and then you I was taking a lot of biology classes, which I didn't care about in visualization. Um, but yeah, and so after I graduated from visualization, I ended up doing a year at SCAD, which is Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia. Um, I did like a short master's of arts program over there. And you don't need to do that for this field, but it was more so that like the A&M Viz program is more broad. So again, like I said, they do everything from fine art to like, you know, that whole spectrum. So it's not super honed in um, to what you are doing necessarily. And so I wanted to go somewhere where I could continue to sort of narrow in that focus and have something better to apply 
to jobs with. Um, in our job sphere, whenever you're like a 3D animation artist, you apply with a demo reel. So yeah, like your 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 resume and your cover letter and whatever, yeah, but what they're really look at, looking at is your demo reel, um, which is basically like a visual, you know, of what you can do. So it's a little intimidating because a lot of other jobs, it's like, you know, you can kind of flub your way <laughs> to a certain degree. Like they have to really kind of like get you in the door to like see if you're worth your salt. But in this situation, it's like they can literally see it if they want to talk to you or not um, ahead of time. So, yeah. Awesome. So tell us about your favorite aspect uh, of the job. What do you enjoy the most? I think it's just fun to be able to work on something like that, like an, like an animated movie. And there's so much that goes into it. And there's so many people involved in it. And it's just really wild sometimes the conversations that I'll realize that I'm having in a career setting where it's like, we're getting really serious talking about like a cat's cape. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, and it's like not a joke. Like it is literally like, is that really, do we like that? I don't know, you know? Okay, let's try it again. And then, you know, maybe let's look at this. And it's just like very wild the things that, and even sometimes whenever we were all working from home, my husband would be sitting in the next room or whatever. And he'd be like, what are y'all talking about? Like, I'm like, it's really serious. We're talking about like fake cats. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. So it's, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't have people's lives in my hands. It's, it's pretty low stakes. It, you know, it's a little like, I don't know. It really is a bunch of kids working on a project. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So do you have a uh, a favorite project that you've worked on? I love um, the second Trolls movie. I didn't get to work on the first Trolls movie, but I, I may be biased here, but I like the second one better. It was very crazy whenever they were, um, I mean, whenever we were working on it, when you're working on a movie, they show you uh, screeners basically along the way. So these screeners start out like really, really rough. They'll start out literally like basically 2D drawings. And you might have a couple of scenes that are like fully done um, as like art that they use to pitch to higher ups to get things approved. Um, but it's a big mismatch of stuff throughout. So whenever they're showing you things, sometimes you don't fully, it's, it's hard to completely imagine what's going on visually, but it felt like the trolls to directors were basically just kind of saying we're gonna do this until someone tells us like no like and so there was literally a scene where like the two main characters are tripping out and they're like feeding each other sushi with each other's face on the sushi and like there's like a real life tiger that like jumps out of where nowhere and like it's just like what is going on like it felt like a drug trip really and it was like this is what I'm doing every day is I'm like making this like characters hair move on this sushi that they're feeding each other it's it's just bizarre so it was like very funny to kind of see someone push this as far as they could with you know and just kind of see like we're just gonna do this until someone tells us no you, ha you have to be stopped at some point it's too much um so that was a really fun project because it was just like so crazy well, so the the flip side of that question, I wonder if you could talk to us about some of the challenges um, that somebody might face in a career like this. You have to be really okay with taking criticism and critique um, because that's literally, um, I used to give this talk at uh, my sister's 
she had a film class at the high school and I would come and talk about, you know, working on film. And she always said, you know, what would you do if, if Miss Calloway speaking about herself, she, what would you do if Miss Calloway um, made you revise the same paper, you know, 30 times and they all would just go, Oh no, no. But it's like, I mean, there are things where like, I'll be given a task. I do it on my end, you know, so many times it could go up to like, it could, I mean, it could honestly go forever, but and, you know, it goes through me, it goes through my direct supervisor in my department, it goes through a couple more steps. And then again, it can go through the director. And each one of those times you're getting some back and forth, depending on how art directed that scene is or whatever, it could really be a lot. So sometimes it gets to the point where I'm like, I don't want to look at this shot ever again. And it'll be the ones that I'm, of course, most proud of to look at on the screen, but also it'll give me a pang of like, it's like just PTSD. Um, yeah. And then also on top of that, it makes it really hard to watch not only movies that I've worked on, but animated movies in general or CG movies with a lot of CG because all I'm looking at is the stuff that's distracting me. Um, that's kind of the rule of character effects specifically is not to draw your eye. It's actually to like make it less, It's you don't want to be distracted unless it's something like Tangled where it's like, the hair is literally the character, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, but so yeah, it's hard for me to watch <laughs> things and enjoy them now on my own, but. Gotcha. Well, so I want to ask, you know, what advice do you have for students or other folks who may be interested in pursuing uh, uh, this as a career or kind of similar opportunities? Are there specific steps they should be looking at or credentials? What, what should they keep in mind? The thing that helped me the most um, was whenever I got out of grad school, well, I wasn't completely out yet. I had one quarter left, but I had a friend that I had met at SCAD. He worked at um, a small studio called Blur, which is in LA, and it is mostly a game cinematic game studio. Um, it's owned by the guy that directed Deadpool, so he kind of will funnel projects into that studio as well, but um, my friend was kind of given the task of like, oh, maybe there are some SCAD students that might want to have a summer internship. And he immediately just kind of said, because we were friends, he was like, would you want to do a, a character effects internship? And I was like, well, yeah, of course, but I don't really have a very good reel yet. And apparently he brought it up and the person that was in charge of me didn't even ask to see my reel. So I got pretty lucky on that one <laughs> um, because that's how I met everybody else from there on you know what I mean once you get your first professional job because after that internship I had a mostly professional reel um so that was really handy in looking for jobs right out of college when you have a fully professional reel and you're going up against kids that have only school reels um so yeah I think networking is the biggest one make friends I've heard so many times people say they can train you to be a good artist, but they cannot train you to be a nice person or easy to work with or things like that. So that's really important. Be easy to work with, be willing to, you know, learn and say, I don't know, I need help. Like that, people love to be asked to help you. Like they really do because it makes them feel like they're, you know, doing something. It makes them feel smart and like that. And you learn a ton because everything that, in like everything in that sphere, you can, be, you can do it a hundred different ways. So you're going to learn something from someone no matter what. So definitely networking, um, being open 
to help and learning. And I don't know, there's a lot, but. Well, and that's a perfect segue because I was going to ask, you know, we talk about mentorship a lot. Um, would you like to shout out anybody who, who kind of helped you along the way or some, some key individuals that uh, were instrumental? Yeah, I mean, the friend that helped me whenever I was still at SCAD, um, he was my friend, Will Cavanaugh. Um, and now he literally works for the company that like creates the software that I use every day. He's a genius. Um, but yeah, and I mean, like there were people at Blur, my supervisor at Blur, Yuri Sakovich, and he still works at Blur. Um, I was working with a guy named Steve Rambuskos at Blur who ended up, uh, he used to work at DreamWorks and he's the one that told me about the opening at DreamWorks. It was kind of like an in-between of an internship and a job. It was like a 10 week they called it a trainee position. So it was kind of a gamble going from, I had a full-time job at Blur and he was like, look, but you're going to make it through the 10 week program. And then they're going to hire you on at DreamWorks. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's a lot of gambling, you know, in the, in the animation industry, also visual effects industry, there's kind of this dichotomy between, um, choosing stability or choosing like, I don't know what to call it, I guess. It's essentially like the animation uh, studios are like, you usually get hired on and you're a staff position. Some of these smaller studios, they go through periods of like crunch time, like fluxing, you know what I mean? And so they'll hire on a lot of artists, but they're all freelance. And then after they're done with the projects, they'll say, okay, come back in three months. We might have more work. I don't know but it's really hard and you don't get health insurance through that. So there's a lot of things whenever you're in school, you don't like think like, oh, I might want to have health insurance. Um, so there's a lot of things like that that you also have to take into consideration. But yeah, again, if you just talk to people, they're always willing to like give you their own advice, their own two cents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so we, you mentioned, you kind of hinted at this a moment ago, but um, in terms of the pandemic and, and working remotely, you know, what's, can talk to us about how the pandemic has affected the industry and, and your work specifically. Yeah. So the, whenever we were, um, I mean, we were all in LA and, you know, March 2020 rolled around and it was like, I, I think the first week of March, we had a Trolls 2 rap party. And everybody's like sitting in line, you know what I mean? Like waiting to go into the rap party and like everybody's getting news alerts on their phone, like that this stuff's happening. And it's like, okay, like what's, this is weird. Like, and then, you know, it's literally like the next week it's like, okay, everybody go home. Don't come to work. Um, so that was really odd. Cause it kept kind of being the theme of this isn't going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a thing. Um, and it became a thing really quickly. So, um, and yeah, I mean, it went from, everybody go home to everybody. I and mean, we were all home for, a, I mean, obviously I'm still remote. Um, they're just now really letting people do what they're calling a hybrid work week, which is like certain days, certain departments can go in and certain numbers of people and they have it all mapped out so that there's still not like too many people and whatever. But um, now it is essentially, at least for DreamWorks, um, you can be permanently remote. You can do a hybrid model. Um, it's kind of up to you. Uh, I did take a big risk whenever we, because my husband also, like my husband lost his job. He worked for Fender Corporate, um, which is like the guitar company. And he got laid off and it was immediately kind of like, okay, I can't afford LA rent by myself. This was supposed to be a two income <laughs> rental agreement. 
Um, so it qu very quickly became, okay, we're going to go home and we're going to wait this out, quote unquote, figure out. We were also engaged. We were supposed to get married April of 2020. So there was also that. It was like, well, we were already going to get married at home. I mean, and he had ACL surgery, but they weren't doing non-necessary uh, surgeries at that point. But it was like Arkansas was behind, you know, like three or four months behind the big one in LA. So it was kind of like, oh, well, we could go home and he could get his ACL surgery and then we could probably get married and it'd be fine. But yeah, so we kind of got lucky. Um, I'm not paying LA rent anymore. So that's a plus. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, I just basically keep myself accountable with like knowing you know, what time my meetings are and stuff like that, making sure I'm attending everything and still being available during the work hours and getting my work done. So. Yep. I think that's, it's just an example of a lot of, you know, there's, it's tragic, you know, this, this past two and a half, three years, it's, it's been a tragic experience, but there's always um, little innovations that come out of, of intense experiences like that. And it's always been interesting to see uh, kind of what, what folks are, uh, what have, have been the benefits, what have been the positives that, that folks are going to kind of keep and, and maintain and, and uh, uh, keep, keep those little innovations in, into the path ahead. So I uh, appreciate that. Um, anything that, you know, as we kind of start to wrap up, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to convey to folks about, um, this career that you're in and, and the work that you do and, and, uh, all that good stuff? Um, I think that I talked about a lot of school stuff, um, but honestly, you can kind of do this stuff, uh, on your own a lot too. There's a lot of online resources. I mean, even as a professional, like animation person, we're always Googling stuff and finding tutorials online to do things. So don't think that like we're the ones figuring all this stuff out from scratch. We're not. Um, you have to teach yourself all the time. And a lot like there are a lot of resources online. There's things like Animation Mentor, which is basically like an entire uh, site full of tutorials and things like that of people literally who like there's a paid part, but then I think there's also free videos. Um, but I mean, there's people that like, like me that will kind of do side work of putting up their own videos and tutorials. And then like you're that way you're kind of learning from industry professionals. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of like free resources online. You can get free software like uh, blender. Um, you don't have to get the crazy stuff like Maya, but if you are a student, there's also student versions of all of the software for free. So you can always kind of fool around on your own um, don't get stressed out. I'm a, I'm a person that likes to be good at things immediately. Um, <laughs> you have to also realize that anything that like I'm doing at work, like if I had to do anything outside of my realm right now, I could not possibly do it period. Um, I've done this exact tiny thing for five years or something. And it's like, it's not yeah so it's no one knows all of this like animation pipeline to a professional level um it's not meant to you're not supposed to it's not really possible so just don't get overwhelmed one bite at a time you're learning it's a lot of stuff out there so just yeah well, thank you for that. And thank you again for, for taking the time to do this today. I appreciate it very much. Um, and, you know, I always want to ask if, if folks want to find information about you and your work, uh, where do they need to go? Um, so my movie credit name is still my maiden name for IMDb purposes. Um, that way I have all my credits in one spot. 
So I do still have a website called katiecalloway.com. That's all A's. Um, and yeah, there you'll find my reel, um, some old like traditional artwork and stuff like that. But if you want to look at movies that I've worked on, or if you want to look me up on IMDb, I think my email's on there too. If you want to email me and ask me about things or something, if you're interested in more information. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that. And thank you very much. It's been awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Philip. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. For questions and comments, or to suggest future guests for the show, please send us an email at librarystaff at southart.edu. That's librarystaff at s-o-u-t-h-a-r-k.edu. Also, please check us out on Facebook at South Art Library. We'll see you next time.